A hard pivot from free agency. Let's talk about actual basketball games the Indiana Pacers are going to play starting today. Pacers Summer League Preview. The young names you need to know. Everything you need to watch for Gennaro Pargo's team. We'll get to it all today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers. Your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI, and today, Saturday bonus content. This is like the 20th Locked On Pacers in 21 days because the draft, free agency, and summer league merit coverage. We're talking about summer league, which isn't my favorite. I love the NBA, obviously, but it's some of my favorite basketball that is actually played during the year because low stakes, low expectations basketball, but with pros, it's just as good as it gets, right? You're just looking at skills. You're just looking at how the game is played. The wins and losses don't matter, and I just find that to be so fun and interesting and Phenomenal to dive into, and we'll get to all the angles of the Pacers Summer League today. The returning players, what to watch with them, the rookies, how they'll fit in on Gennaro Pargo's team. Uh, player development coach Gennaro Pargo is the Pacers Summer League head coach, if you didn't know. And checking in on some other stuff to keep an eye on out in Vegas. I will leave there for there in a couple hours, so you'll get coverage from me on this Pacers Summer League team locally from Las Vegas. Let's start with the big headliners. To me, the returning players there's always questions about these guys playing in summer league which is so strange to me like Keegan Murray is playing for the Kings Duarte played for the Pacers after an all-rookie season O'Shea Brissett played going into his third year after a good year with the Pacers like it's not that unusual for good players to play the first game or two of summer league and the returners for this year's Pacers team are Andrew Nemhard, Benedict Matherin, Isaiah Jackson and Kendall Brown to a lesser extent I'm counting him but I get why others might not put him in this conversation I don't think Mather and Nemhard and Jackson will play every game. I think they'll play the first and, and probably second game, and that's it. But they are still very important to watch, and probably the biggest thing to watch because they are more known commodities, and their future with the Pacers is a bit more obvious. So let's start with them and how many games they end up playing. Jackson said probably two for him. We'll see if Mather and if it's if it's lower or Nemhard. But they are the first guys I want to talk about. As we look out to the Vegas play, and for me with these guys, it's I mean, obviously you want to see them look amazing and look head and shoulders above everybody else. Like Keegan Murray just looked ridiculous for the Kings um, in his California Classic Summer League games. Like, do they look better than everybody? Of course, matters. I don't put too much stock into looking great or terrible in Summer League myself. What I do put stock in is specific skills you see. Like, it was obvious right away when Isaiah Jackson in his first Summer League had three blocks per game that he'd be a great rim protector type, especially from the weak side with his rotations and athleticism. I talked about Nemhard's passing a lot last summer. For those of you who have been listening every day for a while, um, it, sometimes you can see the skills that pop. So for me, it's one about the skills and particularly in the case of returning players, new skills, right? Benedict Matherin, uh, it's been singled out by Pargo and by Isaiah Jackson. And I think the Pacers even posted a clip of this, for example, like he threw a couple lobs in summer league practice. And I think for him, seek any sort of of playmaking would be significant to me. Yeah, again, it's summer league competition, but just seeing that he's reading the game, he's looking for those things, is a big step for his growth. We know he can get to the line and can be a decent shooter. If he can be a creator, a passer in any way, 
that would be huge for him. Obviously, defense is a skill to watch for him uh, in these settings as well. But I want to see what he can add to his offensive creation game in a way that can complement Tyrese Halliburton if that skill continues to grow. And I expect Matherin to just kind of skate by defenders in summer league and get some easy points. Like I think he's going to look awesome and score something like 20, 25 points in the first game. And you'll remember last year's summer league at first, he was really off the ball. Like the first two or three games, he didn't touch the ball that much. And then he went really hard to on the ball to close it out. And that's when he really started to look pretty good. So uh, I'll be curious to see what he looks like and how much he's handling it and how much he's passing it and what his leadership skills look like, right? Like he is one of the, he is in the experienced group among this team. And that's key for all these young guys to grow those skills. And that's kind of the thing I'm looking for for all the young guys. New skills for Andrew Nemhard. He talked about it as exit interview. His catch and shoot stuff, right? Can he be a shooter? Can he show some flashes of being a knockdown guy from beyond the arc? Can he add just play finishing in general? What shots does he hunt for, right? Does he still go for some of those eight footers or does he get all the way to the rim? Is he hunting for a three? Is he just looking to create in general? He will likely to me be the starting one for the games he plays. Maybe it's a little different than that uh, positionally, but I'm a, he's certainly going to start. You know, what else does he show on that end? And for Isaiah Jackson, anything but the dunking, right? Any skill like he's talked about. Uh, we just talked to him at practice earlier this week about he's been working a lot in the mid post and he's been working on his trail threes and all sorts of pick and pop stuff like Anything but lobs to me would be significant for Isaiah Jackson, whether it's a two dribble move in the paint or a pass out of a, a pick and roll or actually popping and hitting a three and a trail three, given that the Pacers play so much in transition would be just fantastic to see if you're the Pacers like that kind of stuff for a raw player like him who his top abilities are obvious and impactful. Adding anything else to his game would be huge. I think it's fascinating that he's playing summer league in his third year. I think that's good for him. Um, so th that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for with these guys. Obviously, defensive growth is huge to see for any young player, but seeing some of those skills particularly, I think Matherin's passing, Jackson's anything away from five feet from the basket, and them hard shooting will be the things that I'm personally looking at from a standout skill perspective, but there's obviously a lot of other things that will be important, but that skill growth is like critical for them. I don't think any of them are you know, in danger of losing minutes or playing time or anything. But showing growth is obviously important for the Pacers to feel confident in their young players, right? And that is an important part of this. Like some guys, for example, I saw this tweet about James Booknight a few weeks ago. Like it's a make or break summer league. Like if they stink in summer league after two years of being bad in the NBA, their team might go, oh boy, you know, what are we doing here? I don't think any of the Pacers players are in that situation. They've had better careers than that, but still establishing yourself even further, growing your own and the team's confidence matters a great deal in these discussions and growing leadership skills, right? Isaiah Jackson is a de facto leader from his experience level, which is hilarious because he's 21 on this Pacers summer league team, but Matherin and Nemhard getting skills in that way will be valuable. And another thing, this matters for every player, but specifically the returners, they get some early chemistry with the Pacers rookies, right? We'll get to see Nemhard and Matherin and Jackson play with Jairus Walker, play with Ben Shepard, play with the two-way guys, Shibway and Wong, among other guys who are on this team who are worth keeping an eye on. I think that's going to be a fascinating thing. And I think that's one of the big pros of Summer League for these young returning players who might be a little too good for it is just to get that feel for playing with other young guys because they don't have a ton of experience in the NBA in general. So growing that chemistry early and and fostering it as much as you can is important. That's good for the rookies too, right? Jarris Walker's not going to show up on the first day of training camp and, and go, uh oh, I don't know anything about any of these guys. Like he'll have played with some of them. Obviously he'll know them as teammates, but that that's just big to me from a team building perspective. My guess from looking at jerseys, <clears throat> colors in practice and talking to the team and 
hearing them describe what uh, who they've played with and gone against. My prediction for the day one starters for the Pacers in Summer League is going to be Andrew Nemhard, Benedict Matherin, Ben Shepard, Jarris Walker, Isaiah Jackson, with a second unit of Isaiah Wong, um, either Eli Brooks or Mojave King at the two, we'll see, and then Kendall Brown, Robert Woodard, and Oscar Shibwe. That's my prediction, um, with obviously that backup two spot being a little bit in flux for uh, Eli Brooks, who was with the Maddots last year, and King, who they just drafted. We'll see. And then they have some other guys on the team we'll talk about later. Uh, and those rotations will change as guys you know, stop playing in games and stuff like that. But that's my guess for how this goes. The biggest thing to watch in Summer League and hope for, no injuries. You never want someone to get hurt in Summer League. It just sucks. Um, and speaking of injuries, Kendall Brown is a returning player. <laughs> and I didn't mean to bury him, but uh, he's a little different, obviously, in the scope of returning players. Currently does not have a contract with the Pacers, but did play for the team last year. And I think the biggest thing to watch for him is not a specific skill. It's, is he healthy, right? Does he look like he did last year? Can he be as impactful as last year, especially on the defensive end? And can he give Pacers confidence that he is ready to go for another season of growth and development? And if so, that could be huge for him, potentially getting another two-way deal with the Pacers. There is still an open one out there. I would consider him the favorite for it, but a decent to strong summer league, I think, would cement that for him, even if other players play well, just because of the history he has with the team. So, uh, he's another guy worth watching, obviously, because he's a returning player and the Pacers have invested in him in the past. But just to see if he's healthy would be significant for the team in investing in his future. Let's talk about the rookies. Jarris Walker, Ben Shepard, Isaiah Wong, all those guys. What to watch for with them out in Vegas? Can they pop and show anything for the blue and gold out there? We'll get to that in the second segment. Before we do that, though, I quickly want to talk to you guys about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's 200 You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Pastries your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. Hop on over to Lockdown Blazers. I've plugged them before, but the Damian Lillard saga is evolving and fascinating every day. To hear the pushback from his agent and how media is discussing it, it's very interesting. And Mike Richmond will have the latest at Locked on Blazers for the Pacers rookies. This is always one of the more fun things to track in Summer League, right? Duarte was going bananas with the buzzer beaters. Mather, once he had the ball, looked really solid in Summer League, right? Summer League is just fun to get a feel for what rookies can be and how they can play and see Isaiah Jackson jump out of the gym and all this kind of stuff. That is, of course, something to watch for in Summer League. And so looking at all the rookies, I'll just be interested to see what they can do. So let's start with Jarris Walker, of course, the big one, the eighth overall pick. And we'll get to the two-way guys and everything. But how do they look is, of course, the big question, right? Do they look impactful? Is it clear how they can help a team win? Do they fit within this group and with this system? Like, I think Pargo's going to do a mostly Pacers-based system with a few of his own tweaks. He is the head coach, after all. But, you know, it's going to be close enough to what the Pacers do that you'll get a good feel for how these guys can help the team. But for Jarris, he's an interesting player because... He is not the player prototype that goes to Vegas and just like blows everybody away, right? And I don't think he's even going to be that type of NBA player in terms of putting up stat lines that makes everybody go, whoa, Jarris Walker did what? Like, he's just going to be this solid defender connector type, and that's really valuable. 
But in summer league, I think you're not going to see him be the guy who's you know maybe in the last game or two. But I don't think you're going to see them running a ton of stuff through him or him handling the ball a ton out there. I think what where you'll see him kind of establish himself as one on the defensive end, right? Like we saw with Isaiah Jackson in his first summer league. Can he be that weak side rotator? Is he connected on the end of the floor? Is he blowing up plays? Is it clear that he's going to be good on that end, right? With that linebacker size, that's going to be significant to watch with him out there. And on offense, it's it's kind of just seeing what he has, what he can be at the NBA level. Is his speed, shooting, creation abilities, all that stuff that he has upside with. Can all those things translate? Does he look like someone in summer league who has offensive upside, right? That was a big part of why I viewed him pretty highly as a draft prospect is obviously the defense looked amazing, but I thought there was stuff on offense that showed upside in terms of creation or shooting or or just making stuff happen. And I want to see that stuff in Vegas, right? If he's playing with Andrew Nemhard, do they run a pick and roll and Walker gets the ball in the roll and makes a pass? Or, you know, even just one or two of those would be revealing and intriguing or does he pop out for a three and take it with no hesitation right all these little things that sound so silly and obvious but for a guy who projects to have the higher ceiling on defense seeing that stuff on offense will be significant but obviously watching the defense is going to be huge too because the Pacers need defenders and if he shows right away that hey maybe he's got a chance to be a helpful enough rookie on the defensive end, which is rare, that would be significant for the Pacers. So watching him on offense will be significant uh, to me. Ben Shepard, the 26th pick. He's really fascinating because I don't think anybody knows a ton about him, right? It's easy to look at his stats and look at the highlights and go, wow, this guy could get, could create his own shot and was an awesome shooter, especially off of movement, just a threatening player in general. How's that going to translate? So seeing his shooting with this team will be interesting. How he can space the floor, how he can be a threat. Just watching his form, he looks like a great shooter in summer league practices. I'm really intrigued by what he can be. But like with Jarris, it's all the other stuff, right? The projectables elsewhere. Do you see him make a two-dribble move and then pass it? Does he run a pick and roll with the ball in his hands? What does that look like? What does that lead to? What non-shooting skills does he show on offense? Is he a brilliant cutter who's finishing around the rim? Is he finishing lobs is you know what all sorts of things that guards could do because you show stuff beyond the shooting and if the shooting is bad how does he find other ways to impact the game do not put stock into summer league shooting percentages but it's still telling to see if he can get them up how he gets them up all sorts of stuff like that and then the defense right can he defend in the nba at all right playing at belmont it's a lot harder to get a feel for that kind of stuff even if he does look like an okay defender uh with his college tape we'll see what that looks like in summer league and how that actually could translate to the Pacers and the rookies specifically, especially the first round picks. Like you can get it, you know, to feel for what they are from years of watching their tape, but seeing them against NBA talent in gyms with NBA scouts, execs, and players is a totally different thing. You learn a lot about what they project to be learning and good at and willing to do in the NBA, but they're mostly a blank slate, right? At, at the pro level, a team is kind of forming them into how they can help that specific team. So we'll learn a lot about Walker and Shepard and their long-term outlooks, I think, uh, from a skill perspective, not necessarily how good they'll be or anything like that. You don't want to take anything like that away from summer league. Let me be clear. You never want to take away how good or bad a player can be from summer league. You do want to think about what their skill growth could look like. And we'll see a lot of that with Ben Shepard and Jarris Walker. There are two other rookies that are worth tracking out here. Uh, and I kind of was, well, three really. Um, but I'll just go with the draft picks for this segment. We'll get to another rookie in the third segment. Um, Isaiah Wong signed a two-way with the Pacers last week officially. So he will be with the team some this year. Perhaps he makes an NBA debut. We'll see. They have a lot of guards. But anything, I'm looking for anything out of him. Mostly because I didn't watch a ton of Miami outside of them uh, begrudgingly beating IU in the NCAA tournament. 
But, I mean, he's got, it looks like, you know, a decent shooter, decent scoring type, developed a lot from year to year with the Hurricane. Um, and the Pacers clearly believed in him enough to, to pick him and give him a 2A and give him an NBA shot. So we'll see what that actually looks like for him as he, you know, progresses in the league. But what what can he do at this level, right? Can he be, can he be a scorer? Is he a 1? Is he a 2? Is he going to be more of a shooter playing alongside other creators, right? Because his passing doesn't look like a strength necessarily. I've only watched a little Miami since they picked him, but we'll see where that lines up going for him. And at his size, defense is important. Like if you're just a total zero on that end because of his size, he's 6'3". He's not super short, but you know if you can't defend at all, you've got to be a good offensive talent. So seeing what he can do on defense, how he can read the passing lanes, pattern recognition, all sorts of little things like that will be significant to get a feel about what he can do ahead of his first season with the Pacers and the Mad Ants. Um, and, and he'll get a lot of time in Fort Wayne to to handle things like Gabe York just did, right? Gabe York got a ton of time with the ball. Who knows what his future holds specifically, but Wong could have a decent-sized role coming with that Fort Wayne team that could allow him to grow and develop and, and become a better player, but setting the framework for that, seeing what he can be in the Pacers system, we'll learn a lot about that in Vegas this week. And the other draftee, Mojave King, he has not been discussed as much because he's not going to play for the Pacers this year. And that was just reporting at first. That's confirmed. Now, Mojave King said that himself when we talked to him after summer league practice earlier this week, that he is going to play overseas this year. He's only focused on summer league right now. He's not sure where overseas he's going to play. He's letting his agent handle all that part. He wants to play somewhere where he can actually get minutes and develop, which makes a ton of sense to me. So we'll see where he actually ends up playing. That's not going to be with the Pacers this year, but it's still good to get a feel for what he can be. Pacers still will own his draft rights, even if he's not on their team. So seeing what he can be is interesting. Like his shooting percentage with the G League Ignite, not good. But his three-point form looks awesome when I've watched him. So can he develop as a shooter? Does he look like a shooter? He's wing size. Can he create a little bit? Can he defend? I don't know much about him. And I didn't really dig into the film of him a ton because he's not playing for the Pacers this year. But I will be interested to see what his player prototype and archetype is, what he fits like with this Pacers team, what players he gels with. Can he be a wing that they keep an eye on? overseas. So for Wong and King, what I'm watching for, anything. What skills are you putting on the map that make it, you know, a thought about what you can be and how you'll fit with the Pacers long term? Or as with the first round picks, it's more about the stuff we don't know about them. The shooting uh, in Walker's case, the creation and the defense in Shepard's case. We'll see with all that. There's a lot of other stuff to watch. Another rookie who they signed, who was undrafted, how they play, all sorts of little stuff. We'll get to all that to close out today's show. Thank you as always. For making Lockdown Pacers your first listen today and every single day for your second listen, hop on over to Lockdown Hornets. Here with the latest on their Miles Bridges situation and that team doing very little to actually sign external free agents in free agency. Lockdown Hornets has the latest on Charlotte's basketball team. The Indiana basketball team has Summer League starting tonight. And there is another rookie to talk about, but he wasn't a draft pick, so I cut him out of the second segment. That's Oscar Shibway. From Kentucky, went against Tyrese Halliburton a little bit in the Big 12 when he was with West Virginia. Has a little bit of relationship with Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. Uh, National Player of the Year level player because he can freaking rebound. And I think that's going to pop in Summer League. Uh, rebounding typically translates from level to level like pretty instantly. That's going to help everybody on the Pacers get better at rebounding in practice. And I'll be fascinated to see how good his rebounding actually looks. My note is just... How strong is the rebounding, right? Different from exploring his skills, I just want to see how good it actually is. If he could dominate on the glass against pros, that bodes well for his uh, viability on a two-way contract and potential long-term future. Perhaps he could be an NBA-level guy. Like We've seen these rebounding specialist guys with little experience 
do well even with the Pacers. Like Alize Johnson and Terry Taylor both ended up getting NBA contracts because they were great on the glass. Now there were some, you know, there was no two way involved for Johnson, but there was for Taylor. And so if Sheepway can really pop with just the rebounding, that alone could be significant for him. But like with the other youngsters, King and, and Wong, what else can you do? Right? Can you do anything away from the rim? How's your defense? How's your mobility? How's your ability to fit in with the rest of the team? Are you clogging stuff up when you don't have the ball? What does all that look like? Kentucky players tend to translate pretty well to the pros, so I think he'll fit in pretty well. But uh, how he does, how he fits in, because he will suit up for the Pacers this year. He's going to be wearing a Pacers jersey at some point this season. How he looks is, of course, worth monitoring since he is a member of the organization going forward. Um, and that's the last kind of players I have a close eye on. There's a couple of guys I want to to mention. Robert Woodard uh, is a four-man on this team with two years of NBA experience. He was drafted, I believe, by the Kings and spent two years with them and then was in the Thunder organization for a second. I think he got an Exhibit 10. I'm not 100% sure on that, but then uh, has played with their G League team last year. So he's got NBA experience and is a decent like body size at the four. I'll be curious to see if he looks really good, like I think having two years of NBA experience could just make him pop and be a guy just worth keeping an eye on, right? Perhaps he ends up in the Mad Ant system if he does well. And there is still a two-way spot theoretically available for the Pacers. Again, I think Kendall Brown is, is a significant leader there, but there are other guys who could potentially be in the mix. Another name just to keep an eye on, Eli Brooks, who's played with the Mad Ants last year, got injured during the season, but point guard they were excited about, signed an Exhibit 10 with the Pacers last year and was in the building for a day to get a practice in in training camp. So we'll see what he can be, how he looks, if he's a guy that maybe the Mad Ants could want to bring back. And point guard depth is, of course, important. So those guys are in the ethos that I thought were worth talking about. Now, something else to watch is how the Pacers play, right? Do they work in anything else? that makes Matherin or Nemhard look great that the, the actual NBA Pacers can copy, right? Is there an off-ball set for Matherin that makes him look slithery and get him open and lets him make the decision to shoot or drive and he's doing an awesome job with it? Or is there something about Nemhard as a creator that the Pacers could explore or any of that kind of stuff? Or is Isaiah Jackson suddenly more threatening away from the rim? Is that something the Pacers could actually implement? How they play and how they implement it will be worth watching. I think play style was a big thing to watch with the Pacers Summer League team the last couple years and how they've kind of toggled and made a transition team into a development situation. And they're going to be fun to watch. This Pacers Summer League team is good. Um, but how they play and anything they implement to help their guys who are important to the NBA Pacers is, of course, something worth monitoring out there in Vegas, as are the lineups, right? Uh, you know, is, is any player not starting or starting who you feel like should or who's playing with who, who's playing well with who, uh, what chemistry looks strong, that will be something that I will personally be monitoring, even though I don't think those stats are going to be like obviously available for summer league games. Um, so that's just kind of the stylistic stuff that goes with this. That's all really interesting. Uh, one guy I want to talk about now, the rest of the stuff here is just random notes I've kind of gathered from um, watching them practice and, and stuff I, I like to track in summer league. Darius McGee from the Liberty Flames, short guard. I think he's like 5'8 or 5'9". Uh, one of the days after a summer league practice, he was taking 30, 35 foot threes and just drilling them. Like 70% of them were going in. This were practice threes. There was no defender, obviously, but he was shooting well enough that I was like, I have to note this and talk about him at some point. We got to interview him uh, at practice the last day of summer league practice. He was the last guy that we talked to. So I don't know what he is or what he can be. I think he's more of a scoring guard. He's not on currently uh, an NBA or G League team signed, but. He certainly has my attention with that level of shooting, and he's doing 
pretty well in lots of shooting drills that we've been able to see in the practice setting. I imagine he'll be out of the rotation early, but as guys, you know, time ends playing games in Vegas, I think you could see more of him getting reps and then how that looks or how he looks will be worth monitoring. Perhaps he could be a guy in the Mad Ants ecosystem heading forward. Uh, anyone not on the roster pop, right? Last year, that was Simisha too for me. He popped. He actually came on this podcast after Summer League. Uh, and then he ended up signing with the Orlando Magic, right? Th- could that happen to someone else? And could they be in the discussion for a two-way with the Pacers? I mentioned David DeLeo as a guy who makes a little bit of sense as a two-way with the Pacers last year, and his shooting was looking ridiculous. That didn't obviously happen. But, you know, that kind of discussion will happen with that two-way. Until Kendall Brown signs it, you know, if Robert Woodard looks good or McGee or anybody really looks awesome who's 2A eligible. Yeah, I'm going to talk about it, even though I think Kendall Brown is almost certainly the the, the guy who ends up with the Pacers' last 2A spot. But we'll see. That is all, always worth discussing in terms of the open 2A spot and, and just guys popping in general and them getting spots on other teams. There's always good for one guy a year at Summer League who does amazing and gets a spot on an NBA team as a result, who's either been off the radar or has been on the radar before, but really kind of looks resurgent. Uh, and and Shatu was one of those guys last year. Um, and there could be many of them, but that was huge for him. And I'll be curious how that all shakes out for the Pacers in Summer League this year, if anyone looks awesome or if anyone on a different team pops. For example, remember DeJean Giroux, who the Pacers had on a two-way to start last year? Well, he looked really great for the Miami Heat in Summer League, right? Does that kind of thing happen uh, where the Pacers are watching other teams, right? Seeing who does well out in Vegas is a critical exercise for all these teams. That's why they're all scouting and watching them. And so does anyone pop? Does anyone get into the mix for a two-way with the Pacers or is that just already set? Or does Kendall Brown pop, right? That alone could be enough uh, for him to get. Like, if he has one good game, like, just sign him. <laughs> just, just get it over with. He's earned it. He's got the qualifying offer out there. They clearly have some interest in retaining him. Kevin Pritchard even said it uh, at his end-of-season press conference. So a lot of reasons to bring him back. And then the last thing I'll be watching, my last note for Summer League, who steps up when the returnees are done, right? When when Mather and Nemhard and Jackson are done playing and, uh, you know, it's all young guys trying to establish themselves and prove themselves. Who looks good? Who can be a vocal leader for that team? Who can be a playing leader for that team? Who is someone worth monitoring in that setting? Because that kind of can tell you a lot about guys' character. And I think we'll learn something in those settings. Gabe York always looked good in those games in past season, for example, among other guys. So it's just a little thing, but you learn a lot about these guys there. Uh, For the next couple shows, we'll be talking about early summer league impressions and more free agency topics. If the Pacers do or don't do something, Uh, maybe the OB top and trade will become official at some point. Talk a little more about that. But in the meantime, we're on a little bit of a holding pattern for free agency content until something actually happens. We'll see where that all shakes out. So lots of summer league content coming and other stuff. Again, I will be in Vegas for the next five days. So expect a lot of stuff from me from out there uh, in the land of casinos. Till then, thank you all a ton for listening to these recent shows. I can tell that people are enjoying them. Obviously, people like free agency and the topics, but uh, they've been enjoyable. I've enjoyed talking with people, and I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. If you want more on Bruce Brown and Tyrese Halberton, go back to yesterday's show for their introductory presser. We will see you soon.